rocking this new color. I see you looking all fiery and stuff. I feel fiery. Well, you always feel fiery, don't you? You you seem like you do. Well, that's just the natural airy fire in me. Oh, oh, you had a wonderful weekend. I did. I saw your baby girl. I got to see my baby girl. So that did my mama heart good. She's, She's happy. I'm glad she's happy. she's happy and adjusting. So that's all we want. You know, it's the one fear I think I had as a parent. A lot of parents have when you send your child off to college and they like, uh-uh, I gotta come home. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are, especially if it's their first time away. They're like homesick and they get sick just because all kids in the first few weeks of school, no mm-hmm. matter the age, end up getting the crud shit passes around but mm-hmm. but yeah but she's like legitimate like it's happy she's she says it's hard but she's happy and I can mm-hmm. see that she's happy so you know Aww. that's that's all even though she's far <sighs> she's far but yeah I mean she could be further how so, long is the drive far. oh the drive we've made once and I'm not doing that again until 2023 oh, so y'all flew this weekend? yes oh. yeah I, legitimately we will not be driving up there the until 2023 uh, 13 hours? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, no. We'll, okay, we'll, California. we'll do that when we go pick her up when she graduates. <laughs> she I'm might not, bring her all so down. Listen, she won't need you to come I, get no her. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I made that plain when we dropped her off that weekend. Woo, child. Yeah. So. Well, we have a special day today with our, oh, this is our 10th episode. It, oh, it is. It is. I thought I was going to bring you cake and ice cream. I'm a liar, I guess. You really are. <laughs> At least some champagne or something. Like, <laughs> what up? Wait until the end to get some champagne. Okay, my therapist says that I, I need to celebrate my accomplishments. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Let's do that. Let's celebrate <laughs> 11. Okay. Anyway, so for the first time, we have a special guest. I'm so excited. This is Anon the Grio. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm happy I get to talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting back quietly. I'm listening to the drop-off story, thinking about where school was, 13 hours. I remember having to drive with my ex-wife to Texas, and that was 16 hours. And it was like my definitive, I'm a man moment. And I hated being a man in that moment because Texas itself is six hours. Yes. And it looks the same. It looks the same. It's horrible. The same. No, So never to California, but I'm from Arkansas, lived in Albuquerque. So driving with my mother and stepfather, long conversation, Uh, (laughs) but driving with my mother and stepfather um, throughout my high school years, going from Arkansas to New Mexico and still Texas was the most horrid time. And I was in the back seat of a station wagon, 5'11", like I am now, though I lie and say I'm six foot with my little brothers and sisters, and it was horrible. Uh-uh. Six hours of just sweltering hell on earth. Mm, and nothing to really see. Nothing. <laughs> armadillos and dirt. And we counted armadillos, I think, on my ride, my first, my second ride from Atlanta to California when I moved out there. That, that was the most entertainment that we could come up with. I've never driven that in that direction. I think I've the first have driven west is like Louisiana and I was good. Wow, so you've never driven west. Yeah, no, no, no. Why? For why? Agreed. <laughs> For why? 
Probably the craziest part about it was like my stepfather is unconventionally black. He introduced me to Seinfeld. He also introduced me to the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. He was literally listening to 70s light rock. So I'm we're driving across. I'm in the back with my little brother and sister and we're listening to classic rock. I think they music. call that yacht rock now. Yacht rock? Yacht that's rock. A new name? I'm old. Oh. I'm not changing things. I know that's right. I go with what you know. <laughs> so in honor of our guest, we were allowing him to choose our topic for today. Yeah. So Mr. Anand, what was it that you wanted to talk to us ladies about? Well, number one, I'm not talking to you ladies about anything. Oh. I've learned some things. Oh. Actually, not I've learned some things. I grew up in a household full of women. Okay. I've never been able to tell a woman anything. And I'm not aspiring to tell a woman well. anything right now. <laughs> I was I was learned by women. Uh, what did Pac say? I'm not going to even quote him. You understand what I'm saying? So peace. First and foremost, my name is Anand the Griot. I am a poet. I'm an educator. I'm an author. I have an album coming out with my brother Diligent called 8 a.m. I just have to say that because, I mean, marketing matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> thinking about coming here, I thought about my place as a man in this discussion, very much like I think white people should have a conversation about their place when we're having a discussion about race. Okay. So I never wanted to come in here like, I'm the man, I'm about to show y'all something. Okay. Not at all. Where can I find intersectionality? Where can I find a conversation? Where can I find a question that's worthwhile? And my thought for a while has been on the battle between, or maybe not between, chauvinism versus chivalry. Okay. That I've accepted and understood that sometimes chauvinism and chivalry have similarities, but I also feel like there's a beauty in chivalry that should not be let go. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, like, I've yelled at you, as well as many other ladies in my department, about opening the door when I'm right there, like, yo, can you just let me get the door? Right. And I don't do that because I don't believe that you're incapable of opening a door. I've seen you open the door before. I've not seen you open the door before, but I bet you can open the door before. Um, But doesn't it matter that I can step aside and offer you that? Doesn't that matter? I did it for my mother. I did it for my grandmother. And hopefully when I get married again for the last time, I've only been married once, like hopefully I will be able to do that for her over and over again. But it did lead me to start questioning where is that balance? Like where is the, uh, where's the time for me to not have to be strong black man Mm -hmm. and allow my strong black woman to exist as she exists? How do we define that line? How do we have that discussion? Where's the space? So rather than telling y'all anything, right. I'm going to ask y'all, listen. where's that line? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my first thought is, what's your motivation behind opening the door, right? And is that something that you have to do or can the person who approached the door first just open it? What, what about me opening the door for you? When it comes to um, the way we relate with each other, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's important to be in one accord with the person with whom you're partnered. 
And if your future wife wants you to open the door for her, then by all means, please open the door. I have learned working with you that it is a losing battle. <laughs> and I have, I think maybe the first time I got in my feelings mm-hmm. at your insistence on opening the door. Mm-hmm. But I have since just decided to lean into it mm-hmm. and allow you to open because apparently it means very much to you. And it does. And like you're probably the catalyst for me wanting to have this conversation. Oh, I feel like because I no, because I because I've recognized that, right? Mm-hmm. And I recognize that displaying your independence, which is such so asinine a statement, right? Like we have to say that's like saying black independence, but nonetheless, for the sake of cliche thoughts, expressing and showing your independence is important to you. And that you don't need any of the prescriptive ways of what people think life is in order for yourself. You don't need validation. And because you're a human, which I get, like you're a human, you live and you breathe, you've opened doors before. And you're speaking to me specifically. Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm literally looking at you right yes, now. Yes, I know, but you know me in the literal. <laughs> okay, I'm actually being literal right now because I'm very much literary. Um, but right now I'm being very literal. So I recognize that. Uh-huh. Um, and that's actually what made me think about it. Because my insistence is not based upon the idea of the weaker sex, the fairer sex, or anything mm-hmm. like that. For me, again, I led with I was raised in a household yes, full of women. So a lot of these ideas I was given from a woman. Now, the other side of that is their eyes were watching God, Janie Crawford. Janie was given all these ideas about life that came from granny, nanny. However, they were very much part of the, uh, the the heterosexual hegemony, the the patriarchy. So I definitely still understand that if we dig deeper, there is something beneath all of that maybe, right? There's That's why I say the, the, the idea of chivalry and chauvinism. But for me, that's my homage to you. That's my homage to the ladies with whom I work. And if there's a brother with whom I work and I'm able to do that, I will do that as well. However, yes, I place a priority on opening the door for the ladies with whom I work because I feel like that matters. And for me, that's a good part of my day. Mm -hmm. What about you, Dan? So I think, and I think you and I have talked about this in different ways before. Um, I'm trying to think back on our conversations, but I think I am not as guarded. I think we've had the conversation before. I'm not as guarded as you. Okay. So my thing is always, the intention so I always just feel like listen this is just a good a good thing like this is this person what is their intent Mm -hmm. so a man opening a door for me or a man um being chivalrous to me it's not a bad thing and and I'm also not a woman who necessarily because some women are like this just because he did this does not mean he's trying to get with me like I don't yeah I'm never that person either Mm -hmm. it's just Somebody raised his brother right. That's that's literally all I think because that's how my son is already, you know. But he but he is also, and I think this is the kind of interesting part to the conversation. He's growing up with all of these um, discussions and these perceptions, so he's more sensitive to it. I think than some of the older mm-hmm. men are. So he does say, "I know that she's capable of it, but this is just the right." thing to do you know it's mm. funny because i grew up with just it was just me and my mom 
right? My dad was completely in the picture. I have a relationship with my father, so mm-hmm. he was not absent. Let me make that clear. Peace out to Pops. Right. Respect. Right. Morehouse man. Already okay. the house. <laughs> I'm a Morehouse man, by the way. So, but it's interesting because I, I think I saw my mother do so much on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite having grown up with all the Disney fairy tales and reading all these stories about, you know, knights in shining armor, I recall becoming a single mother on my own and often having men ask me if I need assistance. Mm-hmm. And often rejecting that assistance. Understood. Knowing that I was capable of doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. I'd be carrying 13 bags of groceries. Mm-hmm. Struggling to figure out how I'm going to open a door, but I still got. I got it. Thank you. Yeah. I got it. I don't need you to help me. Right. I'm good. And so maybe that has formed into a bit of a chip. But see, I, I But I think a that, personal chip. Right. But I think the interesting thing. Okay. So I also came from a single parent household, mm-hmm. non-traditional. But I grew up with my grandparents who were still mm. together. But I had a lot of. I think you know you said this earlier, like strong woman figures like mm-hmm. a lot of strong women yes. even to the point that my husband has laughed and said none of the women in our family subbed anything when people talk talk about submitting mm-hmm. like that's just just you know strong women uh, figures don't introduce me to your family but, <laughs> but, <laughs> i need a small degree of submission well, i said a small degree <laughs> I didn't say that it wasn't. Okay. You presumed otherwise. There's, <laughs> there's your chip showing. She showed it. Um, but I think at the same time, the beautiful thing is that I grew up around a lot of strong men mm. who were very insistent upon, yeah, I know you got it, but you don't have to. Mm. That's beautiful. You don't have That's to. And, and let me, and my dad being, you know, a main person, like he, my dad taught me how to change a tire how to change oil, mm. like how to do all of these things, but yeah, but you don't have to do that. I just want to show you how to do it in case you need to. And so <laughs> it, it, it equals a very interesting part of the conversation, right? So to your point, number one, every man offering to do something for you, much like Chris Rock said, is initially essentially offering his meat, right? <laughs> Can I open the door? You want some? You want this? You want some? So I understand. Like I definitely understand not being one to fall for that. Um, yeah, because I was real cute when I was. I mean, I'm still cute, but go ahead. don't 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 play yourself. <laughs> like even as it relates to the dating field, right. I am notorious for not knowing how to approach women. Mm. I've never really approached a woman in my life. Every woman that I've been intimate with, loved, liked, have approached me. And one of the reasons behind it is because I recognize that every day somebody's shooting a shot multiple times a day. So no matter how clever, how debonair I am, you're not necessarily in a position to hear me. So nothing that I do is um, for the sake of extending anything more than the gratitude. Like, it's like, can I do this? Um, I'm glad you brought up the point about strong men around you. My grandmother taught me an incredible amount of things. My grandfather taught me an incredible amount of things. But I think my uncles and all of y'all bad ways, still love Mm -hmm. y'all, definitely taught me a lot of things as well. And they were very insistent upon some of these ideas as well. Mm -hmm. So as a young man, Mm -hmm. I would get punched in the chest (laughs) if I wasn't chivalrous accordingly. Like literally, this would happen. Um, And so what I'm curious about 
is as we move forward in talking about identity, gender, roles, and all of this stuff, where does the strong man, particularly black man, but where does the strong black man fit in this conversation? Because like Pharrell's new, uh, his, uh, his, 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 you know, the, the magazine he's on, the, yeah. the very, which isn't even a feminine at all, it's just horrible. Um, Bad fashion. I mean, it doesn't look good at all. It looks like the tent we did in elementary school, but like suddenly that represents the new masculinity. Hmm. And I'm, wow, I'm actually going to take a stand. <clears throat> I'm pissed off at that. Because the idea is that because toxic masculinity exists, we have to erode masculinity almost into femininity for masculinity to be worthwhile. However, if masculinity at its core is wrong, then femininity at its core would be wrong. So rather than stripping it down and making it something else, why aren't we addressing those portions of masculinity that makes it toxic. The toxic part. Yeah. So again, chivalry, chauvinism. I'll be chivalrous. I don't want to be chauvinist. Guide me in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I just looked at the picture of Pharrell on the magazine. Yeah, you saw that. On GQ. Right, right. And also, let's be clear. Can I I rant for one second? (laughs) All right, so, because I literally... Okay, so at Spelman, there's a class called ADW. It's the African diaspora in the world. But any Morehouse brother, Clark brother, and Morris Brown brother, depending upon your age, we thought of it as the feminist womanist class. Because the light-skinned girl, the dark-skinned girl, that you was hollering at saying all kind of things to two weeks ago came out of that class and was like, no, 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 you will respect me and you will call me (laughs) as I deserve to be called. Um, so I was introduced to this idea of womanism an incredible long time ago. So I don't, I don't think that having Pharrell in a yellow flowing balloon says anything, but I also think it's kind of problematic for him to say that he just now found out that the lyrics to Blurred Lines were problematic. Like Snoop Dogg ain't never lied to you and said that them saying bitches ain't shit. Saying, okay, saying bitches ain't shit. Right. Snoop, I didn't know know the vein of the (laughs) case. Snoop ain't never said, I didn't know that was wrong. The song is called Blurred Lines. It's Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke does cocaine. We know this. Blurred lines. We're going to start talking about metaphorical. It's about getting high, getting drunk, and deciding to make some bad decisions. And so now you understand that intoxicating women to get them to make decisions that they wouldn't normally make is part of the um, part part of the the hierarchy. Like, why now? He did say that. Just recently. I'm not familiar with that. I yeah. think it's the Billy Porter effect. Because Billy Porter has stepped out onto the mm. red carpet and, mm. and been amazing. Serving. To the gods. Mm-hmm. Right? Gods. And so I think that uh, Pharrell in that frock. Frock. <laughs> <laughs> frock. Why are you flocking around? <laughs> what the frock wrong with you? <laughs> it's a frock. He looks like a pilgrim. I think that they're saying, well, if Billy Porter can do it, we can do it. 
mm-hmm. you know, um, Billy Porter is someone who I think owns his masculinity. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that I can attribute to a lot of gay men because mm-hmm. they have had to fight to be recognized as, mm-hmm. right. you know, throughout their lives. Right. Um. So that's that's what I can say about about for real. Mm-hmm. Um, for real. For real. Um. But I did go. Not- Well, T-Pain, T-Pain showed us, and Jamie Foxx helped. Blame it on the goose. Got you feeling loose. Blame it on Patron. See, you, got you, you in the zone. You came Blame like a little bit more. Alcohol. Uh-uh. We're going to go further back. When Let's we go. were like, don't stop. Get it, get it. Get it, get it. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that era, though. I, I, I only disagree a little bit. Okay. Because <clears throat> I was 18. Don't age me. When that came out. We as men danced as hard as the women oh, yeah, yeah, to that song. Yeah, so we didn't stand in the back like yeah, do yeah, it to yeah, me. Yeah. We was like, I'm gonna do it to you. Yeah, so yeah, neither was sweaty. neither <laughs> one of us was stopping. Right. All of us was trying to right. get, get it, get, get it. it. <laughs> so we actually had a, a an unspoken, if you will, consent agreement. Yeah. Like I'm trying, you trying, we trying, we trying, let go, let go. Not of course not playing around with the idea of consent, but simply saying like we was we, we were all there we were in the same space. Together. Yes. Basically. And it was a lovely party. It was a lovely party. Lovely Ninety ninety six to two thousand one, I swear before white Jesus that it was one of the best times in America. <laughs> Just white Jesus. Well, because people only care about white Jesus. If they knew about black Jesus, they wouldn't even talk about white Jesus. So get it back to chivalry and chauvinism. Elaine. I thought it was funny when you brought up this topic because um, I had literally just the night before watched the most recent, well, it was Ben's mm-hmm. most recent episode of Blackish. Mm-hmm. Which, do you watch? I don't think you watch Blackish. No. Okay. You're not much into TV. I'm in a TV. I'm not into TV that comes on TV. Okay. So, so the most, the, well, that particular episode of Blackish, Dre. <clears throat> Anthony Anderson, Anderson. who's made an incredible glow up. Shout out to you, brother. If you don't see me, I am so proud of you. So Dre was trying to understand the same question, the line between chivalry and chauvinism. Mm -hmm. Um, What was he, what was the impetus for that? Um, It was, it was uh, Rainbow's involvement in the the feminist feminist group. group. So it was kind of like two different storylines mm-hmm. for that particular episode. And, and we saw our girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. That's the episode and, they were in? Yes. Okay. And, and that was why we were there. I mean, That's why we were there. We watch Black, <laughs> I watch Blackish every week at my house. But I watch it every week, but I watch this one as Yeah, prior. this one, mm-hmm. we were like ready. Um, but the, that was one of the storylines was her in this um, feminist group that in her area or whatever, but she basically looked up one day and it was all white women. Oh, and That's they feminism. were speaking to... And so, so, and it's so funny because I had had the conversation with my children like a year or so ago, feminism and womanism were two totally different things. Don't confuse it. Don't mess it up. Like it, don't get it twisted. Even when we started to have the conversation about this podcast. Yes, we had that conversation. The the title centering around Alice Walker's 
definition of the black man in me is so happy that I shut up and listen. <laughs> it's two totally different. So that's actually so, so you should watch the episode because I'm they going deal, to now. They but deal they with that. They didn't but mention they it. Deal with the, the they deal with the concept of it. of it and kind of the the issues around it. I'm now angry. But they didn't say womanism, and I was wondering why you can't they go didn't. But so deep, I think on that. I know you gotta. But I was almost you wondering. You have to. I always think about stuff like with legal technicalities. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I wonder was there legal reason that they couldn't actually say womanism mm-hmm. because all those black women. They to include group and they had a whole group of black to women. include yeah. Jennifer Lewis, you know, yeah. like I, somebody knew mm. that this was actually womanism that they were discussing, mm. but they somebody made a conscious effort mm. to not say, say word. that word. Because I was waiting for the word. Actually, I guess probably you know here's the thing about America and it sucks, right? Whenever a discussion about equality veers towards race specifically, uh-huh. our allies fall off. Yeah. So if you're gonna have a conversation about uh, women's rights about femininity, about feminism, that feminism, that's one thing. Right. When you say womanism, right. it's only for black women. Right. And so then the sponsors and, and all so, of the people who support. But let me tell you how they actually dealt with that mm. in the episode. Oh, I got to watch this episode. They actually dealt with that in the episode, like things that the women's group was trying to address. And so when Bo brought her girlfriends ha. in. Hashtag. Girlfriend. Yeah, when she brought them in, they were like, well, we need to inject some, like, what the black women, where I were, mm. they dealt with it head on. Head they on. addressed mm. it, you know, well, this person's problematic because, yeah, right. but we need a woman, yeah, but she's problematic. Right. Mm. Yeah, but we should support the woman, except she's problematic. Stop right. talking about Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But. You mean. The, <laughs> she ain't do nothing to you. All she did was persecute black kids. <laughs> she ain't did nothing to you. She want to be your president. I am that girl by my T-shirt. I want her and Cory Booker to form a rap group. So they can drop a one-hit wonder album and leave me alone. But that's a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. Apologies. But the other part of the episode was um, Junior and Jack trying to help Dre understand. Because Dre thought that he was chivalrous. Mm. You know, he didn't think that he had any of this. And then... The, the younger, the boys were mm-hmm. showing him, oh, but you kind of got to touch, like you're old school, like your stuff is, they don't want you to do that for them anymore. You can't do this, you can't do that. And they went to the smile thing. They went out to a, eat. That's creepy. Is that talking about smile for me? Why you ain't smiling? They Similar out, to the where's my hug guy. Yeah, They disgusting. went out to eat at the restaurant and the, the waitress came over and Dre thought that she was not having a good day. So he made some comment about it. Yeah, when you come back, you know, maybe you'll be smiling or something like that. So the boys were like, this is problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it was a lot of a lot of those references. But and I think that was kind of what I go back to. We were saying earlier, I think some of it is generational. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's actually a conversation after this episode. Me and my boys had a conversation about it. And that's something that I know, like, I don't know, I hope, I don't think my husband is out in the streets telling people to smile, but it's just like a thought process mm-hmm. that he kind of never even considered, mm-hmm. whereas my son is like, he's aware, wow. He's Yeah, he's aware, and he's like, well, she just doesn't feel like smiling, like, why are you telling her to smile? Like, that seems condescending. Yes, son, it does seem condescending. <laughs> you know, this is my thing to him, but, that, nice. but it was more of... Just being unaware 
Mm-hmm. Not trying to be pervy, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, well, would you tell a dude to smile? No, you would not. And it's interesting. But, like, number one, I'm not telling a dude anything. Um, and, and that was actually what he said. He said the same thing. Like, I'm, and so, and, and, and I actually think it supports part of what you're, you're discussing um, <clears throat> because inherently, whether we recognize it or not, there are a lot of times when we talk to y'all where we're flirting. Even if there's nothing behind it, mm-hmm. we're flirting, mm-hmm. right? Like, for example, your hair is magnificently curly. That part right there is incredible, right? <laughs> and I've, I've looked at it only because I can't, I'm not going to grow hair, right? But that, <laughs> but that part is so gangster. Okay. And they, 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 they cascade, right? <laughs> now, if I were to change your gender, maybe I might tell my brother, hey, man, that part is getting <laughs> But I probably wouldn't. Right. Right. And so, and I have absolutely no, uh, I'm, I'm not projecting anything on right. you. I'm not trying to solicit anything from you. Right. However, there is a difference in me being able to comfortably say that to you than I would say to a dude. So I think that's relevant. But I also think on the, on that side of it, I think as men, and I promise you, I'm not going to ever be that dude who suddenly becomes the advocate and like, y'all do this wrong. Right. I hate people who do that. Um, but I do think it's and I think it's important to consider the fact that. So if you wouldn't necessarily do it to a dude. Yeah. And you're doing it to a lady, then what is the reason why you're doing it right. to a lady that you wouldn't do it to a dude yeah. and then go from there and decide whether it's something that you want to continue going yeah. forward? And with. I was going to say that take that right back to your opening question. Mm-hmm. Your insistence on opening the door. Mm-hmm. Who are you opening the door for? If you're gonna open it for the guy, then have fun. Do it, be at it. Mm-hmm. Be at it. Go at it. Whatever. Go for it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Rock out. Mm-hmm. But if you're only doing it for women, then what is your rationale behind it? And that's that's only where my questioning comes mm-hmm. in. And I love that. So number one, I will do it for the guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I absolutely only do it for the women. But and I, I make no qualms about me, that. But let me interject one thing, because I will say this, and it's funny that you said what you said a few minutes ago, because that is something that my husband says all the time. We, I'm trying to figure out how I can quote him without messing it up, but basically his thing is, gender, like, we're relational. Like, it's, he almost feels like this is just, whether you're trying to get with somebody or not, the mom relates to her son in a different way than the dad relates to his daughter. Mm. Men relate to women in a way that they don't relate to each other. Sure. Women, you know, he's like, that's just a natural thing. Whether you're trying to get something out of that or not, it's just, he almost feels like it's biological. Mm. So kind of the thing, what you were saying about just what a man will say to a woman, flirting, but not really flirting, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of, how we do with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, wa- my daughter is the most non-affectionate person like ever. Is she? Not with her daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just different things like that, that you can, when you watch them, you're like, it. there could be something to that. Like, I'm not necessarily trying to get with you, but this is just, this feels and again, me talking about intent and how things feel, how people just do what they feel, this feels right. This feels like something I'm supposed to do. I dig it. And I guess maybe also for me, because everything you said is true. 
I have no desire to take any load off my back. Um, whatever I do wrong, right, I claim all of it. But I do think the other thing that helps is that, like, my department is all women with the exception of one male. Well, your field is mostly... So, like, y'all my people's on top of that, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And that, and, and that also makes sense. So, yes. like, I... So... And we lost one of our guys, so now you... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I might open the door for all women, mm -hmm. but I might not necessarily... I will still always open the door for you because you my people's right. And so when I see you, I'm that that's that's initiated. I'm looking out for my folks. Um, and the other reason why I wanted to have this conversation and I'm expecting you to be way more angry than you are right now. Not angry, not angry, but like, like, and no, yes. Where's the chip? Because here's the, <laughs> see, here's the thing, right? We, masculinity is eroding in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And some of it is necessary and appropriate. But kind of like for me, for me at least, in America, when there is an idea, when there's an issue, there's such of a bandwagon energy that we're going from one extreme to the other without dealing with the meat of it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be on this with y'all and having this conversation, I want to dig into where do we find that middle ground? Like, where do I have the space to be the strong black man that I was raised to be that matters to me, that's important to me, while still respecting your autonomy, while still recognizing that you're an individual that don't need anything from me, but still being able to offer you the benefit of what I have. Because, for example, and this is such a an, an, an extreme base example, but if there were a fight in the building, yes. I would shield you. From the fight? Like if we were in the same space and a fight broke out, I may step in front of you and push my arm backwards and move you out of the way. I may not even break up the fight. Actually, I'm not breaking up the fight. I'm too pretty for that. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, but I would. Because I mean That's that. Because I'm too pretty for that. But I would shield you and move you out of the way from that. Is that? Where was you when I was in the bleachers at that pep rally though last year? Um, I was on the mic. I was hosting it. I'm the reason why I got that turned up. No, I'm just playing. That was actually a light skinned Keisha, and she came out twerking. Literally, she came out twerking at a high school. Um, but so. Her name is light skinned Keisha. Mm -hmm. And the other girl was Miss Mulatto. Miss Mulatto. Oh, I know Miss Mulatto. Uh, I, I, I'm so disgusted by that. So, like, so am I being toxic? If I push you out of the way in a fight, I mean, no, no, because first of all, I'm, 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 if I'm there, if I'm too close, I'm, I'm probably just being nosy. Um, so I need to be out the way. <laughs> um, cause it's, it's taking a lot in me mm -hmm. to not try to break it up. Mm -hmm. I have actually, that is something that I've had to address in therapy, mm -hmm. putting other people's safety before my own. Don't do that. And so, um, if you do that, I, I would not have a problem with it because it's going to give me enough pause to recognize I shouldn't, mm -hmm. be, shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be going there in the first place. Um, but to get back to what you were saying, and I can't quote your word for word because Don't. it's ADHD, I think that 
there is an element of needing to know people before mm-hmm. you try to do for them, just in, in general. And and I'm not talking about making sure somebody doesn't step into traffic or, you know, just you see somebody got a bunch of a bags and you hold the door open. I mean, before you instinctually tell somebody to smile, mm-hmm. you don't know me, you don't know my story, you don't know my life, you don't you don't know anything about me to tell me to smile. So but you do. Mm-hmm. You know me mm-hmm. to know if you're not smiling, there's a reason some, why. Well, maybe because I, I do have that RBH. Mm-hmm. But you can discern. You would ask the question mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me Which to I smile have. like we're in a vacuum. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Check in with me because if you're really concerned about why I'm looking the way that I'm looking, then you wouldn't just be like, "Hey, smile," because then that's also a bit of mansplaining because mm-hmm. you're trying to tell me. That smile is going to solve my problem. And I should right. be happy. So, were you about to say something? Well, I guess I was about to ask. Because so. I'm definitely not trying to man step over everything and I talk too much. No, and I wanted to ask. So, you, you used the example just now of smiling, but earlier you used the example of him helping you do something. So, you put those things hmm. together. Ooh. Wait, I don't remember which example you're talking about. You used, you said about smile, like if him telling, you, people need to know you. Before they tell you how to do things or or I think in help or try to help you. I think in authentic chivalry, if you're really trying to look out for me, you know what I'm saying. So you so that, so I guess yeah. I'm saying so Ooh, him helping on. you, him open opening the door mm-hmm. or helping you with a lot of groceries mm-hmm. that feels the same to you as a man telling you to smile. It doesn't feel the same. Okay. Because you can look at me and see that I, I can't open the door when I'm holding a bunch of groceries. Right, right, right. Right? That's, what if you're not holding a bunch of groceries? Cur- that's courtesy. But see, what if you're not? Because if I'm not, who's at the door first? I mean, obviously, I am. I walked the door and didn't hold it open for me to come back through it, and then I break my nails, and okay. I'm going to be pissed. Okay, but holding, <laughs> okay, so holding the door for you to come, holding the door for you to come through and holding the door open are two different things. Two different things. And if I'm holding the door, then, you know, by physics, I was at the door before you. I'm not the type of womanist <laughs> that is going to scoff at you reaching out to hold the door. I probably did the first time you did it to give you a hard time. Of course you did. Because, she argues with me hard. all of the time. We have at least one argument per day. Don't feel right otherwise. It's, sure. it's, just be, right. it's just innate. I told you I'm an Aries and you're a Taurus, so we're rams and bulls. There you go. Darling, again, that was my ex-wife. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for the fight with you every day. I don't like what you say about your ex-wife, so I don't know how I feel about that, that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm, look, my, my ex-wife gave me children. She's an incredible person. She just happens to be an Aries. That's it. <laughs> make sure that because I feel the same way about the smiling thing right uh, like I said I was like listen you don't know what type of day I'm having I actually agree with that as well like don't yeah don't do that but a man holding a door open for me or helping me with something again I don't take it as a personal affront that yeah, I can't do to. these things and I don't necessarily feel like he needs to know me no. to offer to do these things the door, but some women that's well, that's why well, I wanted to do. make that distinction some because I, yeah. I believe I've never witnessed it I've seen, you know, comedy specials or something yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to trick on you opening a door. I actually might, because see, here's, here's the, um, what do you call it, the, the disparity. Because mm-hmm. I might actually give you the side eye if you didn't open the door. Because mm. yeah. why, who, why? Who raised you? Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see, when I see the young men in my 
So, no, 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 please go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Do you think that this might be partially because either one, your father, the presence of your father and your brothers or whatever, or, and or the fact that you're, you've raised a son, or do you think, because I, I feel like sometimes that could subconsciously pay, play a part with some women. I don't. I don't know if I'm explaining so it correctly. So I love my dad and I have a relationship with my father and he has been ever present in my life, but my father is not chivalrous. Okay. He does have antiquated ideas <laughs> about what it means to be... Well, your father's older too. Right? Uh, the head of the family. Mm-hmm. He sees his job as being a provider Yeah. and that's it. Okay. Mm. He didn't do much else. Mm. Um, and what about the way you raised your son? The way I've raised my son is quite different. Okay. Um, my baby's such a sweet boy. He is. He's such a sweet kid. And a lot of it is just, I, I don't even know where it came from, you know, because I, I'm a bit much. But he's just a good kid, and I think he he's grown up around, he's grown up around all women as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how much of it was me because I don't think I've ever told my son open the door for a lady. Um, make sure you carry it. He sees me struggling and he wants to help because he's my son. But he extends that to other people. Mm. So a lot of times it's not people telling. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to speak for a man. I've never been one. But <laughs> but I don't I don't know if it's a lot of times y'all being told. Oh, I was de- I was definitely it, told as a young told, man. Okay. Like as a young man, I was definitely okay. told, okay. right? Did you tell your son? Um, I think he just sees it modeled. See, I don't know that. I that's it. Seen that's kind of that's not what my son had though. But don't hurt yourself. I know, right? <laughs> but I will. Oh shoot! I just lost it. What did you say first? I said I don't know that we've told him to do these things. We he's just seen it modeled. Yeah, I've never told him. I don't think I ever told him any of that stuff either. Mm-hmm. What I did tell him was. I told him about interacting with women mm-hmm. in terms of being safe and being careful well, yeah. and respecting women. Well, yeah, we have talked about And the same things. thing with, you know, I taught him about white folks. I taught him about yeah. police. White folks. That stuff. Yeah. You yeah, know, we have had that, that, that life, that life yeah. all yeah, yeah, I yeah. talked to him about. Yeah. But just, you know, like being those little things. I, I don't think I've taught him, but I've, I've taught him to be polite but, and mm-hmm. be kind. And so and that's her yet. And that's why I was asking those questions. I feel like I was leading the witness, but I was asking those questions because, again, that goes back to the intent. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just trying to be nice. I see my mom needs help. I see this woman needs help. I'm going to do these things, mm-hmm. you know, so. So, is chivalry heteronormative? I'm asking this because I'm heteronormative, right? And I've accepted that fact. I, uh, I, I, I let a friend of mine watch one of my videos early on uh, when she and I were kind of dating and she was like it's so heteronormative and I'm like yes because I'm a heterosexual man like nothing about is exclusionary I like women it's a song about being in love with a woman Um, so number one is chivalry heteronormative and I ask this because I think about we are referencing students, right? So the young man that does or does not open the door, is there any kind of cursive correlation on how he performs in school and is as a student? 
with those, right? The, the, the young men that we see that we have a great amount of pride in, that we see a future in them, are they young men who are chivalrous or are they, is, is there, and again, this is literally just a question. I don't know. But it you came. Know what? The ones who I see who don't do it, who are not chivalrous, they're just assholes in general anyway, because they're usually very arrogant. Because I, I was about to say on the flip, I have had a lot of homosexual guy friends who were just as chivalrous. Okay. Like, I was going to say that too. You know what I mean? I've like, also had some like, girl, you can open your own door. You know, and I've they were probably. So then we go. That, <laughs> so does that go into gender identity underneath right. sexuality? I'm just curious. Like, right. I, it's, it's 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 a thought process, right? Like, what does it really mean? Um, for me, in the end, I enjoy explaining myself because I like to talk, but I don't really explain myself because I think that it needs validation. Um, there are some things that the old men taught me that I abide by. And some of those things are heteronormative. Some of those things I've had to get rid of. <laughs> right, because, ooh. But some of those <laughs> things I haven't gotten rid of, right? So um, I want to maintain the ability to woo a woman, even though I'm not going to try to woo every woman. Um, so that idea of holding the door that, uh, if I can fix something before I went to college, I was a maintenance man for a year. So I know how to fix things. I'm like proud of that. Like, but I'm proud of that actually, because I spent most of my life as an intellectual from a very young age. Mm -hmm. So being able to actually fix things with my hand that brought anything like that, I'm proud of that. Um, and I guess for me, my biggest concern about all these conversations that we end up having is about the lack of nuance. Mm. So when mm. I say that I'm proud to oh, be a man, mm. I am absolutely not at all stunting on my Billy Porter brothers, right? right? I went to Morehouse. I've had gay brothers who put me on to absolute game. Like, shut me down in the infancy of my understanding of life and black masculinity and manhood and put me in check. And I've learned from those conversations. But that nuance, we always act as though it has to be Billy Porter or Denzel, you know? Right. Like, there's no space no in between. Mm -hmm. like, and at like Rod Hudson, although he was white, but he mm -hmm. was the first who came to mind. Right. Like he didn't exist. Right. Yeah. But like, that space, that space in between. Because I don't, I'm not cool with the Pharrell cover. Mm -hmm. I'm not cool with the idea but that it purports. Cool it's ugly. Huh? It's ugly. Well, number one, it's ugly. But, but what's funny is right now, here's the poet in me, and it's ugly. <laughs> no, seriously, and it's ugly. Because if we're, if we're attacking patriarchy, if we're attacking toxic masculinity, we're not attacking masculinity. Mm. We're attacking toxic. We're attacking patriarchy, which is attacking white folks, and I'm always down for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, to my dying day, with no breath in my body, Stephen Hawking, give me a wheelchair where I can say my thoughts, Kale Whitey. Um, <laughs> Kale Whitey. Because the original man is the Asiatic black man. Um, <laughs> peace God. But no, but my point, though, is <clears throat> we attack masculinity like we're attacking toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. We don't attack mm -hmm. the toxic mm -hmm. portion of it. The thing is, yeah. I'm stronger than you. 
I go to Planet Fitness five times a week. Okay, but let me get in there five times a week and maybe I'll be strong too. You're you're going to be strong, but you won't be stronger than me. And so when I say that, I'm not talking about what you can or can't do, right? But just like I would with my son or even in this sense, actually with my brother who might be a bit frailer. If I can carry this and I'm in a place, let me. I will. I'm cool with that. And that doesn't speak to your being lesser or my being more. I just have that ability to do that. Um, I wanted to have this conversation because I wanted to spark some conversation about nuance. That's going to be my year, my word for 2020. Nuance. Where is that space in between? And again, on my Akil Whitey, because... We do recognize that a lot of this conversation is fueled by white folks, particularly white men, right? So this idea about what masculinity is, I mean, the unfortunate, the unfortunate idea about Dave Chappelle's comedy sketch and the LGBTQ plus community is that it's still being heralded by white men who are the captains of the racism ship, of the sexism, of the gender classification, of everything ship. And so they get to say that this is wrong, but now we're going to say that this is right without saying everything else is wrong as well. And I think that's where the necessity of nuance comes in, because when we allow them to control our narratives, they just nigger us over and over again. And nigger becomes a word for anything, sexuality, economics, education. They nigger us over and over again. And if we don't have nuances, we're going to be niggered. And I don't think black men need to be niggered. I don't think black women need to be niggered. I think we need to have a conversation and own that ourselves so that we can actually start having this kind of real conversation about what is and what isn't. And let me learn. I want to, I talk a whole lot, but I promise you, I listen 13 times more. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to hear. I know. I need it like down in here. Uh-huh. I did go somewhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. We could talk about this all day. Yeah. We could talk about Especially it all day. Especially the nuance. That's, that's mm-hmm. good. Cause I totally agree with that. No, because but. I, I first heard you start talking about nuance after you had seen Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um, Dion's hilarious. Did you watch the new one? Yes. He's hilarious. Hilarity. Anyway. Yeah. Well, because I have been meaning to ask you what your thoughts are. I have not formed an opinion yet. I've heard a lot of But you haven't seen it, right? Conversation, and I'm trying to still remain neutral. You got to see it first. You got to see it. You got to see it before you have an opinion. Here's the thing. People are stupid. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, real quick. So, you know, we're we're teaching Animal Farm, right? Yes. Um, All humans are created equal, all animals are created equal, which is a truth, right? By virtue of the divine creator, whatever you believe about yourself, like by being here and in this space right now, you are worthy. Cool. Um, my brothers in the nation of gods and earths talk about the 85 dumb and blind. I know it'd be sounding like, but I promise you I'm there somewhere. Watch me. <laughs> and they suggest that 85% of the world is just literally dumb and blind. of the world has access to the knowledge but denies it, and the 5%, which is why they're the 5 percenters, have the knowledge and they apply it. The funny thing about that math is, honestly, it really does feel like 85% of the world is stupid. Yes. Isn't that kind of what Booker T. Washington said? The talented 10th? Uh Mm Uh-huh. 
except his 10th wasn't doing right. what the five was. But right. like, so you, I, I would ask you to not have an opinion on the Chappelle sketch or anything else until you watch it because the thing is, all right, so you and I, for example, we have arguments almost every day. I don't think we argue, but okay. We have passionate I take it in the debate sense. Okay. Because we don't argue, argue, because again, I'm chivalrous. I'm not yelling at a woman. <laughs> but more more recently, like one of the things you said really stuck with me. You're like, I'm literal. And so I laugh about that out loud. Because you say it to me. But, I, 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 but now I say it more yeah. because it allowed me to remember the conversation yeah. that we're having. Uh-huh. And so when there is a confusion, most of the time, that's what it is, right? Um Anybody else seeing that might not understand uh, that. They might not see what's going on. So you and I can actually debate something, think about something, and be on different sides of it and find a way to not necessarily agree or not, but get into it. I don't think that most people actually do that. I think people are clickbait. I think that they hear this line, you know, like, like, right, right. Somebody says in this that this happened and then everybody runs with it. They didn't read the book. They didn't read the article. They didn't even listen to the news footage. They just go with it. I've said for years, I don't listen to critics. Critics talk about movies or CDs or people don't listen to CDs anymore. But anyway, I don't listen to critics. I, I need to just go ahead and listen to it, see it, read it for myself before I form an opinion on it. Like, I, I'm not going to. No, y'all are foolish. Anyway. And also, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, look, I've, I've, I've told the line pretty nicely, I hope. Um, hey man, that Dave Chappelle special was incredible. And I think he foreshadowed his intention at the very beginning of it. I think we can disagree with art and not like what he did, but I don't think we can disagree with the intention of it. He literally laid society bare in that conversation on so many different levels. Again, it isn't funny to you. It is funny to you. I get it. But to me, there's a difference between a buffoon and a comedian, between a clown and a comedian. And Chappelle was a comedian. He turned us inside out and said, hey, look at yourself. You see that right now? Your gallbladder is dirty. You see your lungs? They dusty. And we mad, but them your lungs. Them your lungs. You've been smoking Newports. That's your fault. Do something about it. Drink some water. Stop going to American Deli every day. But again, it, 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 it spirals back to nuance. It spirals back to why I wanted to be here today. Um, what is the discussion we're actually ha- having? Are we talking about the core of things? Are we talking about what people said? He said, she said, she said. But are we, or are we actually digging in? And the thing is, the majority of people aren't going to dig in. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, no matter how many people you got following you, you there are myriad more who could be that aren't going to. So for me, if I'm talking to those who have the ability and the privilege, that's not white privilege, privilege to be able to have this conversation and follow along, it's imperative for me to try to impart something that can maybe inspire them to think about where they're heading and to think about those layers of it. So the brother that says smile, that's creepy. Where's my hug? Creepy, right? Mm -hmm. That's 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 disgusting. I because I've never run up on a brother and said smile. Like I appreciate reading about that because I'm pretty sure that I've definitely 
done that at a restaurant before right. with the with the waitress saying, Baby, I mean everything good, go on smile for me. I don't do that no more. Right. I appreciate that conversation. That subconscious better. going on there. Mm-hmm. But again, if we're not having that nuance of it, if we're not looking at that duality, mm-hmm. if we're not breaking it down, then we simply say that this is wrong. Because the same way that that energy of smile, again, wrongly directed, but if I did it purely, that energy of, can I give a way to make your day a little bit better? Can I offer you something that might make mm-hmm. your day lighter? As humans, we need that. Right. And so I don't think we should get to a point where we kill that because then what do we become? We become robots. So that nuance is what robots don't have. They don't have nuance. Mm-hmm. We need to get into that nuance and really be able to dig in and talk about our intentions and ensure that our actions are serving what our intentions are. Church. <laughs> Did you literally roll your eyes? I always roll my eyes. What I know. I, <laughs> I don't know that I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> Jeez, my eyes are bicycles, okay? Wow. <laughs> They're dice. <laughs> that I can think of right look I, I think I've been um I've been to church just now mm-hmm. you know I'm taking to church so I just say amen I, I we just have to be more aware of intentions and you know people's just what is their intention right intention you know is intention is key mm-hmm. you, you can't necessarily or we should not persecute people um wrongly based on mm. our perceptions of what they're, I mean, yeah, you know, that's you, actually true. It, you know, we, we, you have and some type of intuition. So may I say this? Yeah. I think I didn't, I wasn't asked for a final word, but it made me think about this. The thing is, I understand. Um, and I don't remember who it was that posted about it. Um, as a man, I've never woken up afraid of being sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never woken up having to really believe that any man and or woman's atten- uh, intentions or attention was going to hurt me, right? right. I- I've never met Debo, right? But pretty much any man that I come into contact with, I'm going to punch you in the stomach. I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Like, mm-hmm. I have a solution out of it. So, <clears throat> I don't. I want to make sure that I don't go on the record <laughs> sounding insensitive about that fact. I do understand that there is a need to prejudge as well. So my conversation is absolutely less for the ladies and more for the gentlemen about how we're approaching, how we look at it, because I get it. The reality is the majority of men who will hold the door open for you is looking at your ass and like, what's up? I'm not. Dang, that's what they be doing back there. I didn't even realize. (laughs) Stop playing games. So I'm not. And, 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 ooh, ooh, I sound so pious. I'm, I'm not pious. I'm not. I'm doing it for that particular reason. But I acknowledge that it exists. And so since I know that it exists, I can't ask you to deny its existence. I understand why. The conversation is more about brothers to be, I mean, intentional. And the other thing, you know, um, Bum B said, we trying to get shows. And that's a yeah. pimp analogy. And please forgive me for it. <laughs> but the reality is that women have been doing the choosing since choosing has been choosing. So you ain't really got to be shooting your shot so hard because if she wants it, she going to shoot the shot. So stand there in your position and do what you're supposed to do and you'll be all right. Mm. 
different. That's a whole different show whole too. Different topic, that's right? a whole different show that can take us down. But anyway, stop letting me talk. <laughs> we will. And on that note, we're gonna say to our audience, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys, and thank you Anna, for a great conversation. Yes, this has been. Thank you for having me. It was beautiful. Awesome. I want to remind our listeners again to share your favorite episode. I know I will be sharing this one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, Spotify, Apple. We are on Apple Pod as well as Podomatic. And I guess, what is it, Pocket Cast is the one we figured out last week? Oh, yeah. I forgot to look it up, too. Did you Pocket Cast? I can't look it up. It's called okay. Pocket Cast. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, remember, if you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have something you want us to talk about, feel free to send us an email at psychsweetpeapodcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot what it was. <laughs> Our Instagram is psychsweetpea. Do you have any social media where the people can find you? Yeah. Yes, you can find me on all social media platforms under the name Anand Grio. That's A-N-O-N-T-H-E-G-R-I-O-T. And you can also find me on my own website at anandagrio.com. And shout out to Soul Food Cypher and my family. We're actually going to have a Soul Food Cypher next Sunday at the Annex Bookstore connected to Georgia Tech right um, by the Salvation Army on Marietta Street. Freestyle raps, incredible Ooh. things, six to nine. It's free. Come through. Show some love. Unfortunately, that'll be the day um, before this drops. But okay, well, I, I said it anyway. <laughs> but they have Soul Food Cypher on a monthly basis, right? Yes, the fourth Sunday of fourth every month. Fourth Sunday of every month. Mm-hmm. Right, so y'all check it out. I actually was invited by Anon, and I, I went to a cypher, and I was quite impressed. Not impressed enough to cypher myself, but... You should. You should. I promise you should. Stop overthinking it. Stop overthinking it. But alright y'all, we are thank you so much for listening.